Everybody, welcome to another installment of Show to Be with Mike G, the show of life, the show of Oaxaca, the show of airplanes, birds, mortality, and all of those big things. So I'm still trickling out interviews from my trip to Oaxaca. There were a couple things that I hadn't put out yet. This is actually quite a, if you want to know what's in the vaults, there's a lot of stuff in the vaults. Obviously, I'm busy. I try to put these out every about two to three weeks. But this is a really interesting conversation I knew all of Ansley's brands, right? I knew craft distillers, Alapus, Mescaleros, Los Nahuales. I knew of Jermaine Roban, the brandy. I knew of Hangar One Vodka. Like, I knew of all this stuff. But I didn't know the impact that Ansley had on the industry. And I didn't know what an 80-year-old Buddhist, probably 81 at this point, how they operate, right? I recently saw an interview with Roger Corman that Joe Bob Briggs did, I think, last year. And Roger Corman is so sharp, so present, and remembers his career with such vast detail. And that is exactly what it's like talking to Ansley at 80 years old. It's it's crazy. And this is a really life-changing interview for me. And I, I heard that our conversation impacted Ansley so much, in fact, that he started looking at the relationships he had with folks in his life professionally and personally. So... Without further ado, I'd love to share this chat with Ansley Cole Jr., the founder of Craft Distillers, founder of Jamaica Band, Hanging One Vodka, and so much more. Hope you guys enjoy it. Look, the important stuff has really been uh, since about. <laughs> 2004 um you know at one point we had we were doing when hangar one was really booming we were doing nine million dollars a year yeah. i mean it was huge right and we had 19 people okay and everyone want me to shut down for a minute while this is <laughs> there is no accounting for the planes i love the way they just take off right over the town and then they turn right that's right, ready, that's you know? right. anyway you know no question um all the sounds i think are really we had enriching. we had 19 people yeah working for us and everyone who had been there three years it was the longest job they'd ever had in their life wow right in other words what we were was a place where people liked to like what they were doing right yeah and you know we used to what we were doing with the number of people we had was you know a lot of people would have three times as many people and getting the same thing done because everybody was so committed to what they were doing because they loved it right yeah. you know so that's you know since then you know especially and then uh, we started working in mescal at about the same time it was 2004 mm. ron cooper turned me on to jaime who was looking for export right in Aspen and um, I got it right away what do you mean I mean, get it I got it it's like this is about people ah this is about human beings right right and 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 it's a very it's it's a way of being human beings which is at risk right mm -hmm. and so what we could be doing was not just it wasn't what about buying and selling it was about how do we do this in ways that does not diminish the social and cultural background to mm -hmm. mezcal right mm -hmm. i got that right away and uh, i mean i just you could just feel it right yeah. and and so you know um um we couldn't get alipus until 2009 and when we got alipus we started mescalero in the same year okay and that, that was really sort of like the way i wanted to approach it which was going back to the producers rather mm -hmm. than talking about the brand at the time that was completely novel we started all this stuff. Oh, yeah. The yeah. Mescalero label that listed the wild agaves when the producer and the data was made. That was mm -hmm. the first one that did that, right? Because that's what it's about, mm -hmm. right? It's a batch product. It's about human beings devoting love and attention to mm -hmm. something that they mm -hmm. really love to do. Right? Are you, would you consider yourself a humanitarian in that respect? No. 
It's oh. just sort of like you know, I, all humans ought to live that way. Yeah. Right. It's just sort of you know what's worth what do, what do you want to do <clears throat> what do you want to do when you get up in the morning? Right. You know, something meaningful, mm-hmm. or you want to watch TV, right? I mean, just, if you see what I'm saying. I do. Well, it's, and, it, it begs the question, because sometime in 81, 82, you left academia, right? No, I left, in, I left in 75. 75, 75, okay. Yeah. But, but you come from a lineage of academia, right? With yeah, your, no, your my father, father was a, at Princeton, right? Yeah, he was huge. Yeah. If he'd been... He got nominated for the Nobel Prize. Oh yeah, and they, he didn't get it because they didn't think demography was really economics, right? right. But you know, but it was about people still then. Maybe no, it, it was. I had to learn that. You had to learn that. Yeah, no, he was a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like it was. Is it the academia? The, the what? What I, I deem many fathers in the classic '60s cinema, where they don't—they're too busy with work, drinking out. No, and listen, again. I'm driving around New England selling, okay? Uh-huh. And there was some guy who was on in. He used to be on on uh, NPR. Uh-huh. And he had a little science thing you know and they they blow him on for five or ten minutes every once in a while right and they just awarded the nobel prize and he said you know the nobel prize ought to be called the nobel consolation prize because <laughs> the kind of work you have to do to get that means you've missed what's important about uh, life right so yeah. you know yeah that's how it was yeah. well and, and you have a reset how long have you been involved with buddhism which to me is a different mental state that kind of divorcing 1973. yourself was that 1973. also does this stuff all kind of line up at the same time? Do you have a moment no, or a I was look, something. I, I, I grapple with this too. Yeah. Why? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Why? You know, it's like I just look as soon as you know this guy and he says, "Hey, there's this great Tibetan Buddhist. He's one of the first ones, right? Been, he's giving these, you know, Dharma talks up, you know, in an old fraternity house. And I go up there, and I the guy. He, he, I mean, there's no question. It was it's like he was just telling truth. Mm-hmm. You know. And uh, why why do I get that? I can't tell you. Yeah, but it resonated with you totally. But you know, like I'm here, I'm walking around. I'm with actually with Ron Cooper. Yeah. Um, because um, he was trying to get us to buy Del Gay. This was a long time ago. No kidding. Yeah. And uh, look, I mean, whatever you think of Ron Cooper, we wouldn't be here if it weren't for Ron sure, Cooper, sure. right? He sold yeah. his house so he could keep his business going, yeah. right? Okay, yeah. God bless him. But anyway. Um, the guy who was doing his driving told me about walking to Hukila. As uh-huh. soon as he said, I said, I'm going to do that. I just, you know, it was yeah. just like, right, I've done it six times, right? Just sort of, you know, these big, these guys from Tepito and De F.A., uh-huh. you know, church group, turning into sweet guys because they t- spend time together for five days. It's sure. interesting, you know, walking. But anyway, I don't know. I can't tell you. Yeah. I just, you, but I have this urge, okay? And it just seems to perfect. be, it just seems, I don't know. You know, what are you going to do with your life? Right. It's about helping other people. Mm-hmm. It's really what it is. Mm-hmm. How do you get really happy? It's not for thinking about yourself. Mm-hmm. When you feel really happy is when you've done something good for another human being. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? This, you know, all of all the things you've done, and I've heard recent work as well in Toledo, kind of giving back. You, yep. You bought a old was it junior high high school? You're going to turn it, into it a rec an old, center. It was an old college, thirty thousand square foot building. Yeah. yeah. Does this chapter, which I'm sure there are many left. Is it even more about giving back now? Yeah. Because you've had Jermaine Robin, you sold that, you're doing this amazing work with the Mescaleros. Does it drive you even more now to give back to others? How much time do you have? Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, see, it's, <laughs> no, it's, I'm it's, serious. it's what you start thinking about. Yeah. How much time do I have? Is that right? right? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, so the urgency gets, you know, uh, him, he's, uh, he's okay with it, but I work with people at the business. Hey, Ansel, you're so you're so impatient uh-huh I said no come on man <laughs> right we got to get this done yeah right? yeah you know it, it's funny uh, my father recently retired he, he worked all the time he was kind of there not always very present for for my brother and i you know and now that he's sit sitting there with much time on his hands but not a lot to do he's really grappling with mortality now and i think he's really afraid of it but as you do more, as you try to find your connectivity with the universe, mortality is, of, you seem very fearless to me. It doesn't matter to you, does it? No, you have a life. Yeah. I mean, just like, you know, and I mean, a lot of, I, uh, we could spend an hour talking about what the what mental concepts course, are, sure. right? But, you know, but, um, you know, you have <sighs> attachments not good for you. 
and what's your biggest attachment is to being alive right mm -hmm. and even that is sort of it's got us these sort of phantasmic aspects to it right yeah. i mean your life is what you imagine it is why are you satisfied it's in your head mm -hmm. right do you you must meditate i used to do it a lot not anymore no time not anymore i think the time has gone where you sit in a cave uh -huh. because the world needs help Ah. And so if you do your practice by paying attention to what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis, that's your practice, mm -hmm. okay? And the Lama I worked with, he was very big on that. Work very hard and pay attention to what happens. Mm -hmm. What are your, what am I going to say? What are your dissatisfactions? Mm -hmm. Pay attention. Why are you having these dissatisfactions? They're all inside your head, mm -hmm. right? And so it's like it's been daily life. How, how do I do things right? Mm -hmm. You know, for other human beings mostly, you know? The studies you did with Greek language, Greek history, Roman history, Roman language, do these serve as good foundations for the things that you've achieved with the brand? No, the what, it's really, I learned how to think, mm. you know, I think very clearly. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, that's what you do. Study things and figure out how to explain them to other uh -huh, people. Sure. Right? So, you know, that was that's really what it's about. And then you have these rich associations that you can draw on when you're thinking but mm -hmm. no that's not part of my daily life no. not, not anymore no do you oh, we're talking 50 years sure yeah nostalgia is that a thing for you do you no. you I don't never when people it bothers no what what's me when we were doing hangar one i had another guy don sutcliffe who used to run remy amarique west of the rockies okay uh -huh. three uh, three secretaries in office in mm -hmm. la and he came work for us because he wanted to be doing the work we're doing okay he and i had exactly the same thing it's about the process it's about the process. People say, where are we headed? We said it was like hangar one. It's like you're on a train. Mm -hmm. You're the engineer. Mm -hmm. You've never been on the track before. <laughs> you don't know what's coming down the road, right? So you go the track, which is what's the right thing to do. Yeah. That's obvious at the moment. What's the right thing to do now? Well, we got to do this. We got to do this. But what's around the bend? You deal with it when it comes up. So, you know, and you say to the people, say, where are we going? What are we going to do? I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's like what we're doing right now. It's sort of like we're setting all this stuff into motion. Mm -hmm. Where's it going to go? Uh, when, you know, Mescal being a huge chapter of, of your career and your life, you talk about there's no other spirit of which connects you to the earth and people more. No, no. Can you recall the first time where you really felt that connectivity when you're either drinking Mescal or you're here in Oaxaca? It was when Ron was trying to sell Del Maguey to us. Mm-hmm. And we visited his Chichicapa, right? Mm -hmm. His distillery in Chichicapa. I got it. These are human beings, right? Mm -hmm. And very down to earth, right? And, uh, but I don't know, it evolved. I just knew there was something, you could feel it. Yeah. You know, and I, I didn't figure out the connection to the, to the beverage for probably five or six years. Is that right? I just liked it. Yeah. And I liked the people, but. I don't know. I've just been thinking about it more and more and more. There's something, you know, like, you know, pulque, mm -hmm. which has got the same esters in it, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you you weren't allowed to drink it because it was supposed to be used to talking to the gods. And that stuff's in there, mm -hmm. right? And what that is, I couldn't tell you. But it runs really deep, right? And I think it's one of the reasons that mezcal is, is working right now so is that, you know, something happens to you when you drink mezcal, and it's satisfying on some level that I think people aren't even aware of, uh -huh. you know? But how many people do you know that once they start drinking mezcal, they don't drink anything else? Yeah, it happens all the time. Right. Yeah. I mean, okay, all of a sudden there's some connection that happens to something really deep mm -hmm. inside of you and maybe somewhere else, right, that happens when you drink mezcal, but it took me a while to figure that out. Do you feel like right now you still have a lot to learn about mezcal? Given you've no, got I have some a, great I have producers. A, I have a lot yeah. to learn about, A, myself, you know, and that's never stops. Yeah. But the other is how to do business in ways that both work and are the optimum thing for the people you work with. Right. That's ongoing. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. things are changing here so fast. I mean, the Kamuni brand that I'm starting with uh -huh. right now, that its direct intent is to preserve the social and cultural milieu mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that these things are being produced in and to also start giving back to the communities that it's kind of why it's called comunidad yeah right? and have, has it uh, i know i talked a little bit to chris about the project but have, have you officially announced it yet no okay 
but it is it's no, still a scoop <laughs> <laughs> did you ever do any journalism it seems no, like no 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 interviews with people or i do no, i did a million interviews when it was jermaine robin yeah. yeah it was like yeah but you know it's just stuff it's it is stuff you know but you know it, it and i've i know ron and i've, I've interviewed ron and you know he always felt so territorial about mescal and that's oh. okay but, then, but that, and i know about the litigation and all this is public records you know but for you as you see the category growing more and more mescal is entering the market how, how do you feel about that is it i mean it's 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 in it's in danger it's an endangered species right now and yeah. i don't think people understand it but i mean there, there's so many people coming in they want to make some money doing something that makes them feel good yeah. about who they are sort of some it's about image mm -hmm. instead of content right yeah. and you know that's very destructive you know the difference between now and 15 years ago was profound mm -hmm. you know and i don't know that's why that, that was really the genesis when you died is there anything we can do if we do a really good job doing what we're doing it would be great if people imitated us mm -hmm. see we, we're successful because we're doing this and it's real mm -hmm. right so somebody says oh i can do that see what i mean and that would be great yeah so maybe you know is that possible i don't know but at least it's an you gotta earnest try. effort. Yeah, yeah, you know, you got to try, right? You have you know? to try. What's here is really great. Yeah. You know. So you've been coming to Oaxaca at least, what, 15 years? 16? 2004. Yeah. I've noticed the city's changed a bit here, too. Um, but back then they were setting buses on fire. <laughs> I mean, they were, you, know, you couldn't get to the airport, right? Yeah, well, they that's had, right. Yeah. You know, but... Yeah. But, but do you do you embrace change? It seems like you've really not pivoted is the wrong word, but you've had such diversity. No, in but the I way. Just, it, it's got it has a kind has a common content, right? Mm -hmm. uh, no, I made a vow to myself about I don't know. It just happened. I was walking down the street and I thought I want to live in 1955 the rest of my life. Is that right? Yeah. What about it? it appeals to you? Community. Uh -huh. People not being. Mm -hmm. You know. I mean, it, it's it, the world is getting increasingly sort of like self-directed, yeah, and that's not good, you know. And you know, it's sort of like it, when I walk to Hukila, okay, mm -hmm. I don't see another gringo for five and a half days, right? It's sure. just like you know, and and so we're in these small villages, right? And these guys are always coming up to me because they went to California to work, mm -hmm. and here's oh, here's a gringo. I can talk to him about LA or something. Mm -hmm. and say, hey, how are you? Right? And then we start talking. I said, what brought you back? He says, my parents got old. My parents got old, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm not supposed to happen to me 30, 40 times, right? Mm -hmm. In the course, during the walks. And what's that about? I mean, a guy goes and he builds a life. He has kids. He has a wife. He has a house. He has a job. His parents get old. He comes back and he takes care of them. Yeah. What are we doing with our... Right, right. Now, let's put him in this closet, uh -huh. right? Yeah, I mean, and I have to ask then. You know, my folks are getting older. <clears throat> They're just a few years younger than yourself. Um was there a situation or was there something you had to confront or kind of really address when your father got older was it something no i mean it, no i mean he had by the time he retired and princeton had some in, an insanely rich retirement thing yeah. so he had a lot of money so they just moved into this sort of like quaker retirement community where mm -hmm. you live in an apartment and then when he got sicker you moved into the room and then when you're getting when you were dying you mm -hmm. moved into the you know but uh and they didn't want any part of it no I mean, I tried to get my mom after he died to move in. No, she wanted to be there. Really? I mean, she's part of the same gestalt. Uh huh. Uh huh. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Did you? I mean, was it? My mom and I get on very, very well. You know, right. she's from San Francisco, born and raised, and single mom for a long time. But I never felt like I had to break away from the family. But did, it sounds. It feels like the. You know, you don't. My get brother and I. Yeah. We got two things. When my father died. We were relieved. Yeah. Oh, okay. I see. see yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. it was like there was this stuff that was just negative. Yeah. And it was no longer part of our lives, right? But the other thing is, did it turn us both into fabulously good parents? Yeah. Because we knew what not to do. Perfect. You know. You get married yeah. enough times, you know what you don't want a partner, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> I can still make that mistake, right? You know, but uh, uh, no, it's just I don't know. Um, I mean, you know, I've been lucky. I've mean, had a lot, you know, like living a year in Lamu. Mm -hmm. That's that's an island off the coast of Kenya. I just, I mean, that was a community. Yeah, that was a community, right? And they were so welcoming because I was there because I wanted to be part of what was going on, mm -hmm. and they just loved that. 
I mean, people used to say hello to me in the street, right, mm -hmm. and so forth, right? And, you know, I mean, I just, okay, that's how human beings ought to live, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, I saw it, and I was part of it, and, um, you know, Berkeley was the opposite. All these egos, oh, Christ, childish, because they've never been in the real world. Yeah. Right? You know, was that you know, kind of ultimately what led you to start no, brandy. I didn't. I had no idea what was going on. I was just. I was going to plant. I bought a big ranch. Yeah, yeah. In 1973. Uh huh. I mean, I bought a 2,000 acre ranch for 200 thousand dollars, 10 percent down, wow. balanced for 35 years at 5 percent. Yeah. It was like free. Yeah, right? yeah. You know, it was a big ranch. It had houses on it. You know, stuff like that. It was just. You know, it was before people discovered it. And um, um, so I was going to plant grapes. Mm -hmm. And and then you bears your marrow bash. I mean, hitchhiking. That story is true, right? He was hitchhiking. Well, and, and apparently just, there and was another hitchhiker that pulled the gun on you, so you weren't so prone. No, to the car. How'd you know that? How'd I read a New York. That? There was a New York Times article about you in '88. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, Frank Pryor really liked what we did. He was a good guy. Yeah. He used to call me up and say, "Can I come visit?" Right. Oh, Missouri? yeah. Nice. No, yeah. Um, so, but is that true? There was actually you're pretty reticent to pick up a hitchhiker because someone pulled a gun on no, you. No, I didn't. Wasn't reticent. I just sort of. I don't know how that story got out. Yeah. I don't know. You know, like, <laughs> you know, the guy was he was a Vietnam vet, uh -huh. and you know when he what he did is have me take him to a bar, and then he got up and went inside. So I went in. And I said, the bartender, you know this guy? He says, yeah, he's fucked in the head. What happened? I told him. He says, he never would have done anything. Don't worry about yeah. it. So I didn't. You know, okay, God bless you. Uh -huh. You know, but. Um, God, that was a long time ago. Um, no, it just seemed, I just knew there was, what, what, what the attraction for me was keeping it alive. Yeah. It was what he wanted, the way he wanted to make brandy was like this, it was disappearing. Mm -hmm. Or had essentially disappeared, mm -hmm. you know, except for a few hold-ons, you know. Um, and so, could we keep it alive? Could we keep the process alive? Could yeah. we keep alive something that went back three, four hundred years? Right. That was the. Um, and then the classic cognac still made its way into California. You know what can I say? You know, <laughs> look, we were making the. You know, I, <clears throat> this is not boasting. We were making the best stuff anybody's ever made ever. Right, but it, you, know? you probably didn't, and nobody wanted it. Right, because 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 of the. I mean, that's when I started figuring out what I wanted to be doing here. Because what I like about what you can do with this stuff is you can sell the stuff for what it is. Yeah. Right, yeah, and you yeah. just hope that you do a good enough job that people get some glimpse mm -hmm. of what's in it and what's behind it. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Whereas you know, sort of like people have been selling cognac for years on basically lies, mm -hmm. right? And the oh, product sure. isn't particularly good anymore, right? And mm -hmm. and most of it, and you know, but. What we had to figure out was how to talk about our product in ways that conveyed what it was. Mm -hmm. And still nobody listened, but I learned how to talk about it. How was I mean, the, look what we did with Hangar One when we started using that vocabulary right. about, about a, a category that was open. Mm -hmm. I mean, we went like this. Were you particularly interested in food and flavors? when no. you? What, what was it about? Was it was about reviving something that was a tradition? Yes, keeping it, it, keeping it alive. Yeah. Not just reviving it, but I mean sort of like turning it into something meaningful so it had reason to exist. I see. see what I mean? Is that, and that seems like a, maybe a, a little bit of a common thread in some of the projects that you take on. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But what, is that, what does that come from? Because it, it, in, a, in a sense to me, the way I kind of perceive it is that there's a cultural element that maybe is dying and you see it as being so vital to making sure the culture exists that you want to make sure to bring it it is it's why well, i don't i don't know i just it's you know i might have been happier if i was born in 1850 right yeah, I, I don't yeah, know yeah. you know you know it's just it's just how i've always been that way yeah you know i like old stuff yeah well, my house is my house is full of old stuff is it right just you, do you know. collect kind of antiquities i have a museum of of no i don't collect it's just when you see something that's reasonably priced and you like the energy you uh -huh. want it in your house yeah so when you walk by it you get you know, I have a lot of stuff from Oaxaca. Do yeah, retablos. You know, uh -huh. when uh, it when it comes to art, let's say, is that something that also inspires you? You feel connected to as well. And then you know, we're yeah. here live from the Aeropuerto de Oaxaca. <laughs> I'll wait for this. <clears throat> um. Yeah, I like art. I've been in a lot of museums. Yeah. I've been in a lot of museums. 
You, I mean, but you have you. And would you I, ever I just like art. I don't do art. You don't but do. Okay. I really get art, and I think a lot of that work, in one way or another, informs how I design and talk about. And I do all the web, all that web, and all the. Oh, all I didn't the, know that. You no, know, I do all our web stuff. Yeah, and I do. I, I design all our labels. Oh, I had right? no idea. Yeah. So you you have it in you, but it. Yeah. No, it has. Yeah. No, but I just yeah. No, I don't know. I'm not comfortable talking about things I do well. I, I feel I understood. You see, you know, I just feel like, look, I'm just a guy. I know. I right? feel that same way. You know? Does anybody? All right. Well, then I'm gonna ask you a question that people ask me all the time. They say you're too humble. It's aggravating, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't give a shit to be honest. I just do the thing, and then I just that's it. Move forward. Exactly. Do people tell I mean, you hey, the same hey, thing? Hey, no. You know, it's like all the time. Hey, let's celebrate. Are yeah. you kidding? What are we going to do tomorrow? Yeah. Right? right, right I mean, that's right, right. how I am. It's sort of like, you know, I don't want to, you know, yeah. That's interesting. You're the same way. Yeah. Well, no, it, I just, uh, it's sort of like, look, you know what I like? You know, the Dalai Lama, when uh -huh. they try to make big fuss of me, he says, look, I'm just a monk. That's right. But yeah. I, I, there is something, though, that I've learned this past year, and I'm, I'm curious how this is for you. I, it's not that I operate in a silo, but, you know, I never met my dad. Just, it's a little bit of background, right? Like, so I always felt like I was, moving and marching to the beat of my own drum, yes. you know? And what I see fit to do, I do, when I'm passionate about accelerating. But what I've realized is that some of that work has affected people in a very positive way. Right. And they'd like to express their gratitude. And I'm not comfortable with that. No, I, I have trouble with that. Is I say, it, look, come on, let's talk about something else. Right. Yeah, see? But have you ever, much like you can connect with a moment in nature, Nature asks nothing of you, and it probably doesn't even know you exist. It's just a shared existence, right? Especially when I was out with the agave fields and stuff. You can just kind of feel it. But when I started kind of allowing myself to breathe in the appreciation people felt for me, not for any kind of egoism or not for something to bring my mood up, things changed, you know? So the question is, do you think you can allow that gratitude in? Uh, just I'm to, listening to you. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's an interesting thought. Yeah. Because I never think about it. Just you keep kind of moving in, in, in mission mode. I mean, yeah, even some somebody will say something, and I realize I've had this really profound effect on somebody's life, right? right? And you sort of, you know, and it, it, I was just that was a day to day activity. What's uh -huh. the right thing to do right now? It's right. this, right? You know, and uh, but you know, the sum summation of all those really good acts, in some sense. Gives you some good goodwill, yeah. I think, in the world. I'll be lying on my deathbed. Hey, did I do a good job, right? I mean, that's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's more like that. Yeah. Yeah. And which is, I mean, I'm just, I'm really not comfortable with it. I mean, I'm, I'm it's so, interesting that you figured out some way of sort of like thinking about letting it in. Yeah. It's, you know? It was tough. It's really tough. It surprises me. Yeah. People say something, you say, really? Right. I, I wasn't. Me? <laughs> Little old me? <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, I didn't know I was doing that to you. Yeah. Right? And yeah. sort of like, yeah, I was, you know. It's, it's, interesting yeah no you know look i say something i haven't <laughs> said very often we changed how liquor germaine robin and hangar one changed how liquor was sold in the united states absolutely profoundly mm -hmm. okay and it was because of this concept of what you were doing was trying to convince to convey real information about production to people so they could make an intelligent choice about product you yeah. weren't selling to them you were providing them information and once they understood the brand they'd buy your stuff because it was better than everybody else right right right, right, right. you know and everybody's copying that shit like crazy. I mean, even the big guys, right? You know, but but you know, um, you know. And now there's twenty five hundred craft distillers. Yeah, that's yeah, going to yeah. change the world forever. I mean, there's. I don't know if there's going to be twenty five hundred craft distillers in ten years, but yeah, you know, and you know, I never think about that. No. It just comes on me every once in a while. I think, oh yeah, right, mm -hmm. you know. Or somebody's copying us so directly like what was the what was the vodka that the one out of sweden that just copied the hangar one package directly what? oh svetka yeah that was our label yeah. we could have sued them yeah right you know you know i mean so you know but god bless them you know? yeah well you know knowing that you spent so in 8081 Jermaine Roman comes about and you have this amazing still, amazing brand. I've always loved that brandy, man. Yeah, well, yeah. that stuff. It's great stuff. It was real. It's, it was real. Exactly. It was not posing. Some guy's heart was in that product. That's right. Right? That's I right. I used to tease him if he 
cut him, he was gonna, you know, was it twenty percent alcohol? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? We were distilling, right? There yeah. was a season, right? It uh -huh. ran from sort of like you had to start paying attention to the grapes around the end of August. Yeah. Through, I mean, before we moved down the hill to actually sometime in January, he used to lose fifteen pounds. Holy shit! Really? Yeah, because he was. Oh, thinking he couldn't turn it off yes right see what i mean the product was like you know and the way we used to work we ran 24 hours a day we just run the still really slow we'd leave about six o'clock in the at night and turn it down to yeah, a trickle yeah, and then yeah. come back at four o'clock in the morning right but that's so that stuff he's trying to go to sleep and the stuff is running i know right it's like the telltale heart right, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. you can't get away from it yeah yeah you know but knowing how much passion you had for this and how beautiful the product was was it difficult to sell the gallon no. it was easy no decision. you remember we were talking earlier uh -huh. hey okay that's done what's next so that's kind of how it was for you yeah wait, i mean we, we didn't have much choice we were out of money yeah i mean what happened was that because of the growth what happened to us because of 2500 craft distillers mm -hmm. was that even distributors who liked us and liked the product were compelled to start dealing in local distilleries i see you see, see. what i'm saying uh -huh. so they quit having room for us yeah they quit having time right it just we, we'd work like hell and we put up one percent yeah you know so you know and um so we sort of we basically okay yeah thank you you know thanks god for giving us this great idea sure right? yeah well, it's it's interesting because I you know I asked you about reflection and you just keep going, you yeah, know. I yeah. mean, it, it, it from you one learn. project to the next. Oh, you learn, yeah. You learn things, you learn methods, you learn ways of doing things, right? Mm -hmm. And then you, I mean, it, that's what that's what's fun. Yeah, is doing shit. That's right. Right. I don't need to spend time thinking. Oh yeah, I did this. No. Are you like given that you've you've broken many boundaries, you started new categories? I consider this. A symptom or characteristic of being fearless do you have any fear in your body at all no i just look i always know what to do uh, but uh, i always sure. know i always know what to do i don't know why that is okay. i always know what to do i i can't the number of almost all any things you could call mistakes is misjudging other people uh-huh you know but i mean what are we going to do okay you know it's sort of like you know, we're building the still and some guy who's the local mason, some guy I'm talking to says, hey, you know, you put boiler brick under there. And I said, what's boiler brick? And he says, that's stuff that stands 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh -huh. And if you put any other brick in there, oh, your crack, flame right, is right. going to eat it. Yeah. Right. The stuff you put in the fireplace isn't going to work. It's in this, this white, dense brick. And mm -hmm. so I had to go find boiler brick. There's no ads in it. <laughs> you know, isn't in the yellow pages, boiler brick and shit like that, right? But I mean, but as soon as the guy says, what am I going to do next? Go find some boiler brick, right? Yeah. And you start looking for boiler brick. It's just like, you know, what am I going to do next? It's always, it's sort of like that railroad track analogy is true. The track is there. Yeah. yeah. Right. And if I have, what's fortunate in my life is that I see it, mm -hmm. right? I can see the next 10 or 20 feet and I know it's going someplace good. Mm -hmm. I know it's going to work, right? It's just a, I can sense it, you know, and I won't use the word that comes to mind because I don't think it would resonate with you. But I concern, I, I worry about myself sometimes in the same sense that maybe we're in two different situations. You've already mentioned to me that time is now, you know, the end of the track may be more near than, than ever, you know, and... Not for what I'm doing. Right. And when, and, and no, I'm going to get off the train. Somebody else is going to be driving. That's it, right. right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 No, great point. Yeah. But do you ever get tired? I, uh, every, you know, the, the, no. the, many people, they said, this dude's got more energy than all of us. No, uh, people say that to me. All the time, right? You have more energy than any human being I've ever met. Right. right. Yeah. You, what, what do you think about that? I don't know. Just, you know, okay. I'm with my, my mom, uh -huh. who's in this rest home with my dad. This was about two, three years before he died. And somebody gets in touch with me, says that her uncle is going to have his 102nd birthday. Wow. Okay. About 50 miles away. Uh -huh. Okay. So I called her up. I said, we got to go. She says, you know, I've never done much with family. I said, no, we got to go. Right. So we go. Here's this old guy in there. And there's a whole bunch of people who come because nobody ever seen us for mm -hmm. a long mm -hmm. time since I was a kid. Right. So there are all these relatives have come, his children and a couple of other people. 
And you know, there are two things about it that were, to me, astonishing. One was, or not astonishing, one of them was astonishing. The guy in the room who noticed how difficult it was for the black woman who was trying to take care of this thing and was sort of saying, you know, do this instead of that, it was him. Uh, okay. The 102-year-old guy in the room was the one who was picking up on the difficulty that she was having. The rest of us are all sort of going like this, okay? And the other thing was, I said, so then we get in the car and we go back. And I'm saying to my mom, how was that for you? And she says, all that terrible Campbell energy. I mean, that she had grown up with. That uh -huh, was, that was uh -huh. her maiden name. Yeah, okay, yeah. all that terrible Campbell energy, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's genetic. It's interesting that yeah. that energy can exist in that yeah. sense. My brother doesn't have it. No. Right. Uh, younger brother or older brother? Yeah, he's about two years younger than I. You have that same kind of perpetual movement. And is he the same way as you? You can't know. No, he's very calm. Uh huh. You know, sort of like, you know, he's a high school teacher. Yeah. Forty years. Yeah. That's sort of like you know, he loved like, his kid. He was really good at it. Right. Yeah. Was, he loved the kids. You know, they come see him. They like him. So he was really great at it. But no, he's not. You know, no, I probably tire him out when I go see him. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> That's funny. You've got the if you've got the same thing. I mean, it isn't. You don't have any choice. No, you don't. And I'll tell you this. It probably has ruined every relationship I've ever been in romantically, to be perfectly honest. Because I'm always thinking, I'm in the moment. We're, right now, we're in the moment together. No, I, I get it. No, I get but it. You, no, this you know is just starting to be a real conversation, right? Yeah, precisely. Yeah, no. And, and uh, that's interesting. I mean, but that has to do with who you choose. I think you're right. Of course. Yeah. I think that, have you, have you, has it been difficult for people? <laughs> I'm not trying to go this deep. I'm really not. No, but, go ahead. Yeah, Shit, but, I don't but, care. I, we, yeah. But has it been difficult for people to love you because you're just so active? No, I think I think the problem they have is that, I mean, the, the last woman I, I spent some time with when we started out, I said, you know, I don't think I have, I have enough time for this relationship, uh -huh. but I don't have enough for me, uh -huh. but I probably don't have enough time for what you need in this uh -huh, relationship, okay. right? Because, so you know, mm -hmm. and and um, she didn't get it, and it didn't work. Yeah, I mean, because she, you know, just it was not satisfying for her. But right. I don't. That wasn't. I mean, my other two relationships it was prime. It had to do with. I, I don't want to talk about. Sure, why I sure, broke sure, up, sure. But sure. wasn't that? That wasn't the reason. Different stuff. Well, it's just I, I, I'm was married to two very driven human beings. Yeah. Right? yeah. Which I mean, you're very. So you driven start living too. this this parallel life. Uh -huh. right? You see what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Would you, I don't, as we, we talked, you're not particularly nostalgic, but although I don't necessarily believe that because I believe your commitment and your passion for cultures and making sure they can live on, that's a kind of nostalgic, I think, you know, but do you consent, consider yourself a romantic person or pretty? Not necessarily. Yeah. I mean, I like beauty. Yeah. I give, I give flowers to women, you <laughs> yeah. know, right? Yeah. But no, no, I just sort of, I just, look, I don't think it's romantic. Look, <clears throat> if, if I were to talk completely straight, this world is headed down a really bad path right now. Sure. Right? Sure, yeah. And anything that an individual human being can do to sort of like retard that mm -hmm, or change mm -hmm. it or something like that, I mean, I, I'm probably going to be doing what you're doing in a couple of years about the human mind. Uh -huh. That's what I've been working on with the llama for is that a right? long time. Yeah, right. The mind as a... The mind is a skill. Yes. Like hitting a ball. Uh -huh. It's not a part of your brain. It just uses part of it. And mm -hmm. you construct that mind from zero when you're born. Yeah. Right? And um, uh, if you have some effect, if you understand that, the world gets a lot less problematic because mm -hmm. it's in you. It's not... Right. You know? the One of the big llamas was locked up by the Chinese for 20 years. Uh -huh. Okay? And when he came back to Dharamsala, you know, he went to see the Dalai Lama. Uh -huh. And the Dalai Lama said, that must have been really tough. And the guy said, yeah, I was really afraid. And he says, what, that you were going to, you know, he says, no, 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 that I would hate them. Wow. So if you live like that, right? Yeah. That's how human beings ought to be, right? And we're not, the other thing I went to, when I'm in Rome, at noon on Sundays, the Pope gets up and there's a window and he gives a little 15-minute talk. Right? Uh -huh. and Thirty thousand people, you know, most of them crying. It's really, sure, sure. I start crying when I start thinking about it. the guy has enormous spiritual power. Right? That's right. And he said, you know, 
people aspire to be saints. He says, that's really hard. Mm-hmm. That's really hard. We, we, we can't all be saints. Right. Very few of us can be saints. But we can perform these saint-like acts. Helping an old woman across the street. Mm-hmm. That, that's probably the most resonant thing I've ever heard. Mm. It's just day to day. Can you it just, you know, yeah. Yeah. Selflessness. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. You're in a situation where somebody needs something, you can give it to them. Do I have time? You don't want to be doing that. Yeah, yeah. you got time. You've got time, of right. course. You know. And I think you kind of realize that that it's more about those gestures that add up over time than one grand gesture. Do you when we visit these people, they get that we get them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can feel it. It's like, <sighs> Victor told me that they brought somebody in for a German film crew from Los Angeles show Malipus. Uh, uh-huh. And the guy said, hey, would you take them, take off their shoes? What? <laughs> Are you kidding me? No. What the fuck? We're kidding. Oh, this is ridiculous. Right, exactly. But, I mean, in other words, the guy is looking for this <clears throat> preconceived vision of what yes. he thinks is great instead right. of what's actually there. Right. Right. He doesn't see what's actually there, right? He's trying to shape it himself. Yeah, just yeah. yeah. You know, you mentioned technology. Do you, do you see any merits to it? It's well, I mean, we use propane. Sure. Oh, wait, you're saying at the Palenques? No, you know, I mean, just in well, general. The Robin. Uh-huh. We had a wood-fired still. We uh-huh. didn't want a wood-fired still. You don't have any control of what happens. You build the fire, you can't open the door That's until right. it goes out, okay? Because if you do, it changes everything so dramatically, yeah. right? So, you know, so we had a propane burner, right? <sighs> you know, it probably was 5% of the quality that we could... Adjust, adjust the run while it was going on. Taste, mm-hmm. oh no, I think I'll slow things down a little bit, right? Oh mm-hmm. no, let me, I, you know, I don't like this. I'll speed it up a little bit. And so, yeah, no, technology's great, but I mean, I mean, look how we got here. Yeah, right, right. But I did. It's this, this all-consuming. I mean, attachment and fascination. Yeah, those are, you know, it's like these guys. It's like Facebook. They design everything so that they want. So you want to keep going. Yeah, <sighs> kind of compulsively, right? Oh, it's sick. Fast, fast food, if you will. Hey, all of it. You go to a restaurant and there's four people looking at their cell phones. Right. Excuse me, what are you there for? Yeah. Right? You know, that's one of the things that, I, I'm the same way, you know, and if, I, if, I'm, if I'm on a date, take someone out, it's forbidden, you know, it's, we're, we're here. If you don't want to be here, no problem, you can leave. That's, not, that's no problem, I don't mind that. Yeah. But one of the things that becomes very clear to me again and again is there's nothing that can replicate the experience of sipping a mezcal together you know because you're in that moment there's no way you can post about it and it's the same thing as being there and having that sensory experience do you find that to be something that's at least a little bit optimistic about technology is that you can't supplement the real thing in person with someone yeah and and one of the things you can do with technology is is pretend you are very very sort of convincingly mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. you know and so you're getting this you're not getting a real experience you're getting somebody else that was made up in somebody else's brain and they're asking you to sort of say oh this is real yeah. no it's not you know yeah and you know so i mean that's why if you look at all our stuff all it is is information mm-hmm. information information we want people to look at it and think oh okay i get this and then when they're drinking a mezcal mm-hmm. they have some notion about why it is that it's doing what it's doing to yeah. them, right? I mean, somebody, where were we were when we were at Lazo yesterday or day before yesterday talking to Angel Robles? Um, I said to him, do you love what you do? He says, of course I love what I do. I love it. And you can feel that's what's in his product. Yeah, He loves it, mm-hmm. right? When he's distilling, he's happy. It's not a job, mm-hmm. right? It's his life. And so he's got he's got this stuff. It's why Jermaine Robin was so good. I mean, the guy was... Uh, um, um, <laughs> uh, but it, it was you no. Know, he put into it what most people put into their children and their relationships. That's right. Yeah. Right. You know, one of the there, I've run a lot of people that are like that. It's like here's something you have some control over mm-hmm. versus other stuff you don't. So it's really easy to love this because it doesn't fight back. <laughs> you see what I mean? You know. And yeah, so yeah. all that energy, beautiful human energy, is being placed into this stuff, and that's why it's so good. Yeah. Right. It's it's a. Oh, that was a big one. That was, yeah. a, that was a big one. The, there's something, I don't know how to articulate it necessarily, but you know, I've been to walk many times, as you have, and there's still something so special about mezcal. There's nothing like it in it's any the, other kind of... It's the plant. You think it's the plant? 
Yeah. Yeah. And and this the culture that exploits it grew up with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, they find I've been reading a lot about there's there was a whole bunch of of rock art in the lower Pecos Valley, mm-hmm. which is now underwater, right? But or a lot of it is. Um, and they find this stuff, okay? They find Sotol, they find you know, and there's stuff. They 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 brought a they brought a a, a wee chol mm-hmm. there, and the guy said, "Oh, I know this stuff. I know what this is." It, <laughs> Here, here's what you're looking at. I mean, in other words, there was enough cross. You know, this 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 was just a continuation of Mesoamerican culture in right. the American Southwest, right? It was all there. So you just think of this stuff being an integral part of their lives for millennia, mm-hmm. right? And then, so like they have some understanding of it that I mean, I don't know anything. I understand that way. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. No, I, 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 I can hear you. Yeah, yeah, I don't know anything I understand that deeply. Yeah. Right? As yeah, this yeah. guy's he grown up with this guy, sort of like, you know, Angel Robles, he cuts his own firewood. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, he goes from zero to the finished product, mm-hmm. and it's all one hand. Right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, he could pay somebody to do that. Of course. But. It's different. No. You know. And But I, it's the plant. There's something in there. Mm-hmm. It's very. Sp- I, uh. It's way really, more complicated than a grape. Oh, of course. Well, I mean, scientifically. And especially than oats. I mean, <laughs> right? Or, you know, barley, or corn, right? Or, yeah, 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 I don't care what it is, right? Or sugar beets. But, you know. There, there's a thing, and I'm, I'm wondering if you, you experienced this as well. I was, you know, like, it, again, the purpose of the trip was kind of think and, and process and just exist, you know. And I was out in front, I was in a Miwatlan, like in front of just a bunch of beautiful agaves some cliche and then this massive pulquero is about 12 feet tall biggest agave i've ever seen and i just kind of stood there for a second and it was quiet less birds chirping than we have here you know in centro and i felt it i felt it breathing as i felt myself breathing it and there's something so amazing about agave not only for the flavor, but somehow in the, its presence too. It's a very magical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, no, you feel that too when you're out there? And it, it, not, not all the time, but yeah. no, it's there. No, I mean, I was, when you said that, I thought congratulations, right? I mean, yeah. Sort of like you know, not everybody gets that. I think. I, you know? I think you're right. Yeah, but they do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That that's what they're concentrating and purifying mm-hmm. is what's inside that plant, right? And that's why the stuff. I mean, I really, I was saying earlier. I think that's the reason that people, when they start drinking mezcal. I'm gonna, I pour it all the time. Mm-hmm. 30% of the people just don't like it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's mm-hmm. smoky, you know. Right. And the other 70, it's sort of, oh, my God. Right. There's nothing in between. Nobody goes, oh, this is okay. I can take it or leave it, right? No, yeah. it's either I hate it or they love it, right? You got to love something like that. You right? know, yeah, and, it, and I think it's because the plant, you know. Yeah. The plant, there's something there. And it, it speaks, right? Where are you feeling that, right? Not in your brain. Right. Right? Yeah, it's different. It's, it's, uh, it's incredibly no, that's your, different. No, that's your... That's your soul talking to you, mm-hmm. right? The plant is sort of evoking, right? It's yeah. it's communicating you, you know. Well, as you, I find that mezcal is a different kind of inebriation as you're talking about the connectivity with, with your body and all of that. Are you, does your relationship with drinking change as you get older or is it the same as it ever was? I just don't do as much as I used to. Yeah. And I just sort of, I'm, you know, sort of like why? But what's nice about mezcal is it doesn't fuck you. It doesn't screw you up, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know? And it doesn't, I mean, my experience is you're, you get, when you drink mezcal, what you get is clarity. Yes. You know? in, a, in a lot of ways. It's psychotropic, say. right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's clarity. We're trying to figure out now how we can talk about that without breaking the rules. Mm-hmm. You know? It's difficult. It's a very, very We're going to, here's a scoop for you. We're going to own sure. half of Los Nuales. Oh, is that right? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, nobody knows it. It hasn't happened quite yet. That's sure. one of the things I'm doing while I'm down here, signing oh. the papers. But It's incredible. And so we're going to change, you know, I, I now have control of package and, and, and marketing, okay? Mm-hmm. And we want to start talking about Nawales. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's some link which is going to be hard to express. I don't even understand it between that plant. And the idea that a shaman can turn himself into a his animal, uh-huh. you know, partner. Yeah. You know, but that's the energy. Yeah. Do you, speaking of which, and we, we had this conversation again, we were driving back from Mitla last night. And, you know, I've never done acid. Uh, I enjoy mushrooms. They provide some yeah, clarity Yeah, no, mushrooms me. are great. Yeah. It, do you, 
again, things Asset, I'm not change. sure I'd come back. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but did, did you ever, in a, in a very positive way, use the utility of drugs to process or clarify? It's not that. Look, it gives you a deeper understanding of everything. Yeah. You know, I think I mean, it does. How, do, how do you get sensitive to energy from plants? Okay. Doing mushrooms helps. It sure does. Right. Did what's one and this may be difficult to kind of go back and think, but it sounds like intuitively you always knew where to go. This guttural instinctive kind of yeah. reaction. No, what are we going to do next? Right. And everybody say you're crazy. No. Uh -huh. What are you kidding? You know, don't you get it? Yeah. That would be my say. How, how come you don't, don't you see it? Have you had a, are you, you're of, really smart, right? I don't you know, know. You have a high IQ, sure, right? And one say. of the problems you have when you're really smart is you think you're being completely clear and everybody's going saying, what? Exactly. What? Yeah. What? What? You know, but you know, that, that happens a lot. But I know it's sort of like, but it's more than that. It's not about being smart. Just no, I know what not. to do. It's instinctive. Yeah. 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 You, no one can, there's no book you can read to know what to do, right? You can have some kind of methodology as to how to make a decision for something difficult. But who gives a fuck about that? It's either you feel it or you don't. Yeah, look at Elon Musk. That's right. But the guy is tuned in to some incredible extent, right? Mm -hmm. Everything he does is sort of like, and everybody says you're crazy. Right. Right. And then the world changes because he made the decision, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever had, so to speak, writer's block? Or has it always no. come very easily for you? No. No, it, it, what I've learned is to get out of the way. Mm -hmm. And it gets delivered. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that that's true. You are a planner or no? A what? A planner. Do you plan your next steps? Maybe strategize as some might use that I word? I don't have to write it down. No. You just keep doing. Yeah. I mean, somebody asks you, you sort of say something, but no, I don't know. I mean, you have to do it to certain the same, but it mostly has to do with interactions with other human beings because mm -hmm. they need a schedule, right? That's but right. No, no. I just, things show up. They say, oh, fuck, let's do that. Mm-hmm. You, you I, can't I like believe it. the conversation we had with Angel Robles in a course of three hours out yeah. here. I, I, you would not believe the conversation we had with him out of this. And it, when we showed up, it wasn't there. Mm -hmm. It developed just naturally, right? Yeah. And, you know, the deeper we got into it, he's a guy you can get into things deep. He's mm -hmm. on most of these. He thinks about what he does in certain ways, the way a modern human being does mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he understands the chemical process he puts his stuff through uh, analysis and mm -hmm. so forth you know because he wants to know what's going on so you know you ask him how do you know when a fermentation is finished and he'll tell you most of them just say what do you mean it's done mm -hmm. right yeah i want to wait for this they plan. can't articulate it right? no they can't because there's a bit of information you you interview him. <laughs> i want to his mezcal is incredible all right wait for this go by his grandfather is 86 years old, uh -huh. and he still mashes his own agaves in a canoa. Oh, no kidding. And I have I have video of this guy whacking away, right? 86 years old, and he's yeah. whacking away on this, you know, with a, you know. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll see him soon for sure, you yeah. know, and the stuff that I tried last night and some other of his marks is really lovely. Um, so I get two questions left for you. I know you sure, got a go busy ahead. day here. No, go ahead. You talk about, I love classic Hollywood. I really do. Classic movies. And you talk about 1955 a bit. So I, I would ask you, you know, you're anywhere in the world. doesn't matter where. But I particularly love Alapuz San Andres. It's one of my favorite marks from y'all. So you, let's say you're sipping that. With any living or deceased actor... Who might you like to sit down, have a conversation, and a drink with? Jean Moreau. Jean Moreau? <laughs> really? Fuck. I think that woman is the She's <laughs> greatest woman who ever yeah. lived, right? No, it has to be Jean Moreau or Yves Montan. Ah, okay. You know? So you're a classic guy, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What do you think you I might quit talk going about? to movies. Did you? I quit going to movies Don't 30, enjoy 40 years ago. Yeah. I just sort of like, you know, I feel like I'm wasting my time. Yeah. Yeah. Understood. There's this like, classic area of French New Wave, which you're talking about. Yeah, no, Truffaut. Uh-huh, Godard. You remember that scene in The Piano Player where the guy is saying, may my mother die if I'm telling a lie, and then he cuts to this woman going, ah, right, <laughs> flying over. I mean, anyway, that stuff is, yeah. It's classic it's, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in that, the shoot the piano player, what? That's probably, shoot the piano player. That's probably fifth, uh, 61, maybe? Yeah, something around yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. So I can see where your, your mind or maybe But you know, see, look, is. it came out of, 
it hadn't it hadn't mutated. Right. They was basically those things were kind of plays on film. Mm -hmm. Do you see mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No special effects. Right. Just how they cut. Yeah. Right. You know, it's sort of like it was, to my mind, a little more human. Yeah. Well, 400 Blows is still one of the most impactful movies yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I've ever seen. Well, I know you don't plan. I know you feel things. And there's this Comunidad project that you're working on. Anything, I mean, you've revealed amazing projects coming up for you. But anything else that you see as something you really do need to achieve maybe before you expire, before no, just, you hand I the No, I mean, train? if this all works, I'd be happy. Yeah. What is happiness to you? What does that mean? Happy, I don't know. Satisfied, I should say, maybe. Content? Instead. I feel like, okay, I did a good job. Yeah. I did a good job with Hangar 1. Yeah, you did. You know? Brandy, Alapus. Did I did a job distillery. with the Brandy. Yeah, that, that was an impossible project. But yeah. we made it happen. Okay. Yeah. The guy who was the, the Washington bureau chief uh -huh. after James Reston. Okay. Oh, right. Came to see us, okay? Because uh -huh. after he retired, they gave him the card they hadn't given anybody since the Civil War. It said, Chief Correspondent, you can do anything you want, okay? This card said, Chief Correspondent, New okay. York Times. So, so he could go anywhere he wants. Yeah. He comes to see us, good, big, he's a big, heavy guy, loves uh -huh. to eat, right? So he came to see us, right? And he was blown away, okay? So two days later, the whole front page of the second section is us with the headline superior to Hennessy parody and equal to the finest cognacs ever made and a whole half a page underneath this whole story okay oh man I got two phone calls my ex-wife my mother it's like it never happened it's like it never happened we were on CBS Sunday morning uh -huh. and they said when they shot it this is going to change your life you know yeah and they call us two weeks later says what's wrong nobody's calling us you know, nobody, you, we got no response to that piece whatsoever. That never happens. People's lives get changed radically. All right. You know, I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's okay. You know, but, you know, and Tremaine Robin was like this. You know, that we even got, that we even kept it alive was probably the hardest thing, you know. But you're proud. Well, you know, I did a good job. Yeah. That's it. You know, I'm not proud of it. I just sort of, I did a good job. Yeah. You know, sort of like, you know, okay. Yeah, I mean, somebody asked me a question about Germany. Did you do a good job? Yeah, I did a good job. And, I, you know, it turned out it had these consequences for craft distilling and so forth. And mm -hmm. we, we weren't doing that. But yeah. just everybody went, oh, wow, I can do that. Right? Hangar one, especially. Yeah. Everybody went, oh, I can do that. 300 vodkas were introduced while we were on the market. Yeah, 300. I remember this time. Yeah, Jesus, God. Anyway, well, okay. If that, I don't know if that's no, it's great. I'm sorry. I, I can't give you a finishing line because it isn't there, right? Well, that's the, the thing. Maybe that's the whole point. So yeah. You're not done. Yeah, I'm not. You'll yeah. never be done. Yeah, well, sometime, but anyway, you know. Well, we'll see. But that's not. That's Reincarnation happened. Yeah, just yeah. Say, I don't have any children that yeah. by 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 blood, so there's no Campbell energy being put back into there the world. Go. Yeah. Well, whether or not you will continue on. Hey, you know, this is fun. I really like talking to you. I mean, well, forget likewise, this stuff, man. right? It's yeah, sort of like yeah, yeah. this is this has been an interesting conversation. It's been really, really good, man. Yeah. I, I appreciate you taking the time out. And I know you guys are headed to Montalban <laughs> this afternoon, but no, we're, we're here in town. Okay, I'm not in a hurry. Okay. Well, we're gonna. Yeah, you've you've got a deadline. I know. Well, yeah. but we'll chat more. This is special, okay, cool. man. Thanks so much, Anzik, for joining me. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Sure. Thank you. Cheers. This was fun. Well, there we have it, Ansley Cole Jr. of Craft Distillers, Comunidad Los Nahuales. So many different brands. I mean, to have a background, to have a career that it spans so many different kinds of things, and for so long, like Ansley has had. I mean, there are a few folks that I can say that are kind of iconoclastic like this, you know, interviewing Ron and there's a little bit of commentary on Ron Cooper in this interview as well. And I don't know, you know, it's, it, I had this notion the other day and I've been saying this maybe for a couple years now. It's like, you know, you, you get your degree, you graduate high school, you get your degree, you get married, you have two kids, two and a half kids, a dog, all of that. And then you keep looking off into the horizon and think that that's the next destination, right? That that's the next big thing. That will make me feel different. That will be a sense of accomplishment. But when it comes down to it, if I was on my deathbed now or tomorrow, one of the things that I would always ring really true with me is this early morning, a little, you know, not hungover, but a little foggy maybe, on this beautiful porch of this Airbnb, sitting with Ansley, talking about his life. Honestly, these kinds of conversations, I think it was really reciprocated too as time went on with he and I in this conversation, but maybe this is what it's all about. Maybe these small conversations 
beautiful birds, loud ass airplanes. Like maybe this is everything. You know, and I feel very, very proud of, of what I've done with the show. But this is one of those kind of conversations that makes me feel even more immensely proud about just people and, and being able to capture these stories. So thanks, everybody, for listening to Show to V with Mike G. No matter how hooked you are on ranch waters because they're easier to make out of a can. He's pour mezcal in there and tequila. Or if you're thinking Jordan Peele's nope, July 21st, is it going to be yep or nope? I don't know, the final trailer's got me kind of thinking, so we'll see, but please keep dancing.